Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. I am Greg's producer. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach. He is also a recovering addict and alcoholic himself. Through both his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg has observed that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. Hello, Greg. Hello, hello. I'm here. So you are here, and um, you are not in studio because you had your second shot of the vaccine today. I did just a few hours ago, and I thought uh, I'd, I'd head home and <laughs> await the terrible side effects. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's you hear people talk, and I don't know. No, it so makes sense. I'm doing fine, though. I feel fine at this point. Excellent. And I'm very, very excited to have the second shot. I'm anxious to get back in the office and be able to see people in person. Whenever right. Whenever that can happen here. And dare I say, connect with them. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's get right into it. So I, you know, we always start with the takeaways from last week so people know where we left off. So last week, uh, you talked about how when we're born, we have lots of emotions with very little idea on how to regulate them. And so until our kids can regulate their own feelings, we need to co-regulate with them. And we can do that by modeling feeling ourselves or um, basically trying to feel what they feel. And um, you really stressed the idea that self-regulating builds resilience, which is really important for kids in order to be able to function. And then you talked about reactivity. Do you remember that? I do. So can you remind? Co-regulating helps us teach our kids self-regulation later. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's okay. I was going to ask you to remind people of what reactivity is. Reactivity. Well, that is, how do I explain that? Like it is about reacting to things? I mean, is it literally about reacting with emotion? Emotions. I mean, so many times we go, we can go to what we call chaos or rigidity fairly quickly. Chaos being flooded with all kinds of emotions or anger or or very um, uh, up manic, mm-hmm. whatever, and, and rigidity being uh, very sad, very depressed, and anywhere along that spectrum. But with reactivity, uh, we, uh, when we react, we tend to spike instantly. Okay. And we're not, we are not taking just that millisecond even, maybe it's a little longer than millisecond, but a little bit to, to be aware of what's happening and through our own ability to self-regulate, manage that reactivity without it exploding or going the other way. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the, um, um, when you're driving and the road rage thing, rather than immediately engage, you take a moment to really manage your heightened emotion. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd liken it to, you know, we've all experienced those those texts that we write or those emails we write and we push send right away. And then, <laughs> you know, 
10 I, months later, you're like, oh my God, I wished I would have just paused for a moment, right? right. Oh, are you and kidding? So <laughs> it's kind of an example of that. That's the reactivity part. And if we would have just paused and reread it maybe a couple of times, uh, we wouldn't have reacted. Right. To what was most likely a small issue, and now it's a way bigger issue. Yeah. And so that's what happens in relationships, right? I mean, think about it. Every day we're in relationships with loved ones, employees, employers, uh, friends, associates, service people working on our furnace, whatever. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we've got these things going on. And how do we... Um, how do we function and connect in those moments with those folks? Right. And, well, and uh, you know, yeah, it makes a difference. I mean, even yes, it does. Even Mary Poppins saying a teaspoon of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> right. I mean, go. it's that right. same idea that you know, if you're going to have a difficult conversation or any conversation, you know, being being nice um, helps it. So maybe I can use that in my sessions. I'm not sure. I don't. (laughs) You could sing the song. (laughs) I would Uh, really like to see you get out a carpet bag and start singing. And an umbrella. (laughs) Exactly. With birds chirping. Um, So we were going to talk about middle school aged kids this week and, you know, the idea of swooping in and and making sure that even before they get to that high school age, we connect with them. However, I had somebody reach out to me and ask me about a topic that is very specific, but it's seasonally appropriate. So I thought we could touch on it. The topic is college admission season. Mm -hmm. Tis the season. And, you know, I'm going through this myself with Charlie. I have obviously a lot of his peers. I'm friends with their parents. And... A lot of parents, especially this year, it seems, are watching their kids be waitlisted or rejected from schools. And, you know, I thought, okay, given that I'm seeing this all around me and I had a friend ask, you know, what do I do when, you know, how do I navigate this? Um, You know, what do you say? Um, My child is so disappointed and in any given year this wouldn't necessarily be the case, but this is a crazy year with, you know, kids that deferred last year are now also going to be incoming freshmen. So you're competing with those numbers and, and there's just a whole bunch of factors. So what would you say to those folks that are going through this season of life with their seniors? Well, I, I will tell you that I, 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 uh, Council, I work with a number of senior uh, seniors in high school mm-hmm. or juniors, and they are all experiencing a fair amount of anxiety around this right now. And I, and, and I mean, they everyone, all seniors do every year to a certain extent, but it's taking the SAT and the ACTs and when to take it and waiting for the scores and then uh, uh, doing all of these um, applications and the essays associated with them and mm-hmm. what i'm seeing for a lot of them is that there's they're hoping for help and guidance with these writings they have to do mm-hmm. and 
because they're not in school or not around people as much or teachers that they're struggling with that, finding that help. And then their anxiety is greatly rising from that. Absolutely. Um, Normally the teachers, um, English teachers, literature teachers, uh, whatever your school calls them, um, they normally take time for seniors and they focus on, um, you know, writing essays. Right. Yeah. And it, it's not happening now it, very much. Um, um, and we know why it's, um, it's just difficult. Um, well, and now it's um, admissions decision season. You know, most kids will hear by um, April 1st. And mm-hmm. so they're starting to get these letters where, as I said, uh, the number of parents that I have heard with that their child applied to, you know, back in my day, I sound like I'm ancient, but back in my day, we applied to like, you know, two or three schools because the applications were expensive. Well, they're even more expensive now. However, kids are applying to, you know, nine to 15 schools. And a lot of these kids are getting waitlisted or rejected at schools and the schools that they're getting into are schools that they thought were going to be their safety. And so, you know, I, I know for Charlie, for instance, he's very frustrated with the process and the upset and frustration in inadequacy that, you know, he's expressed at different times. I had you on my shoulder all last week in various moments where instead of saying the trite, um, it's fine, wherever you go is where you're meant to be. And I was like, I swallowed that like, you know, a dog swallows spaghetti, like, I'm not going to do that. And instead, you know, I said, I can't even imagine what you're feeling. You know, do you want me to, do you want me to just sit and listen to you rant? Or do you want me to let you know that it will be okay? And, you know, he's like, no, I need to rant. Um, And not everybody's had the benefit of, you know, having you on their shoulder and in their ear. And so I just thought with something like this particular topic, it feels so monumental to these kids because it's their future. And so I thought, um, you know, some advice for parents on the things that they say that are not that that trope of it'll be fine. You'll find your people wherever you go. Right, right. Well, and, you know, it goes back to what we've been talking about is that, number one, we we don't want to fix it. I right. mean, as soon as you jump into fixing it, um, it's very apparent you're not listening. I mean, that's just true in life anywhere, right? True, yep. And we, have a, uh, we all have a tendency to go right into fixing mode, and if this person would just be quiet, I could tell them how to solve this problem. Um, and what we want to do in, in this instance and in especially – well, just with kids in general, is is sit down and listen. Let them rant. Let them vent. Mm-hmm. Let them cry. Um, ask them open-ended, open-ended questions like, you know, you really look like you're taking this hard. I mean, tell me how you feel about it and what what what's in there for you around this, and and then just listen, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you can't fix it. And that's so important that we just actively listen to each other. Right. Um, And these kids, you know, are, I mean, I can, 
I can take myself back to that feeling. And, you know, you're, you feel like your future is tied up to this. And as adults, we have a bigger worldview that we understand that, you know, it, yes, it's your future. However, you know, you can take a lot of different turns to get to your future and, um, you know, it, it is going to be fine. Um, but, you know, you're watching your kid and the weight of this, you know, my future is not what I envisioned. And it's so difficult to just sort of, you know, this must be hard. Now. Right. And, it, and at some point in here, right, I mean, it's important that we're able to offer suggestions or help because we may have some ideas, right? Right. But that's what they want to be is ideas and suggestions. Um, and you first of all got to let your your kid uh, just get it out, right? Right, right. And talk about feelings. Talking about feelings is so important. And um, there's a lot of us that haven't talked about feelings with our kids, so that might be difficult. But but if possible, that's what we want to do. How do you feel about this? And then feel it with them while this is happening. Just sit there and feel it with them. This is the co-regulation. This is just sitting in the space of what is going on without, right. you know, trying to fix it or whatever. And at some point, I mean, the, you can turn the conversation, or maybe it's later that you do, to to how can I help you, right? Right. I, it, I, I might have some ideas. What do you What are you thinking you want to do next? And let me see how I can help you with that. But give it to them, right? Don't Don't list off A B C D. Here's what you need to do. Right. Um, I've been through this. Here's what you need to do. I went through this with your brother. I'll show you how to do this. Right. But none of that is helpful at all. Right. It really isn't. Or at least the language, the approach is not helpful. Right? Well, and the classic like, it's okay. We're just going to do this. <laughs> It's like, right. you know, right, right. there, there's like yeah. three dings. Like, no, it's not okay right now. And what do you mean we're just going to do this? And what do you mean just? So, um, Well, and it's at some point, at some point in the process, and it's it may be down the road a little bit, it, it may be helpful to to do a reframe or try a reframe. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I, you've got to be careful with those at, at first because it can seem like that classic line, well, you know, um, it's meant for the best. This is right. where, you know, all of that. And that you're, nobody wants to hear that at this point, right? They want to they wanna just express their feelings. Sure. Um, but a reframe eventually, you know, how can we, how can we look at this and get something out of it? Um, at some point, that's very helpful in most instances, but not right away. Okay. Right. Then my next question is, is there any time that it's appropriate, and I already know the answer to this, but I'm asking anyway, is there any time it's appropriate to talk about the, you know, your kid? I mean, I have a couple of friends whose kids are, you know, just really being, you know, we've gone from wounded, you know, deer to like raging bull kind of a thing. And, you know, is there a time to talk about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and at what point, if any, does the understandable spiral become too much 
You know, at what at what point is there, you know, I think of the old sitcoms where somebody gets out of control and the person gives them sort of a, a whack and they're like, oh, OK, I'm back. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not suggesting that you smack your child. Um, right, right. But you know what I'm, I'm saying? Not following your, I'm not following, following your question. So I guess the question is, you know, your kid is going through this and they now have. Uh, what I'm hearing from a lot of my mom friends is that there is a full month where they have to make some decisions that they did not sure. think that they were going to have to make, you know, with what they have. And so during this month, as their kids are lamenting about this and, you know, um, complaining about all of the reasons why and it's not fair and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, at what point can you, is it possible to stop? Listening at some point, are you supposed to say, you know, buck up, Junior? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, and um, no, <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to say that. I mean, you want to, finally. I mean, it's like you just want to listen, right? And think about this this is grief for the child, right? This is grief. They've lost something that they really wanted or that was important to them. And so they have to be able to go through this grieving process, whatever it is for them. And I love that. That is such is, a good way to something. reframe it's it. It's like losing, I don't know, losing a pet or something, right? Or losing a loved one, whoever, whatever, losing a job, whatever it is. We go through these grief um, times and everyone goes through their period of grief differently, right? I mean, it could be a week, could be a month. I mean, if it's a year, there, maybe there's some issues that need to be addressed, right? Or right, whatever. right. Uh, but but it's, it's all you can do during that time is keep listening, keep loving. That is so important. And excuse me, I can feel a sneeze coming on. So if I... <laughs> I'll laugh while you're sneezing, if that helps. And I'm having this vision of... Um, you know, when my dad passed away several years ago, I don't think anyone said to my mother, like, it'll be okay. You'll find another husband. <laughs> You'll end up where you should be. So, you know, you helping reframe this into this concept of loss or a grieving process for the kids and that they are allowed to dictate the amount of time in which they grieve. I think that is going to be a huge right. help to listeners and certainly my right. my well, mom friends. Well, okay. Yeah, and and you just want to be there for them, right? Think about it. When someone else has experienced a massive loss in their life, a loved one or whatever, what do you want to do for that person? You know you can't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing you do. It's over. Mm -hmm. Nothing you do except hold them, uh, you know, uh, physically or not, but just hold the space for them Mm -hmm. so that they can process it the way they need to process it and and give them the loving kindness the compassion and um just be there continue to you know offer to them what can i do to help you those kind of things um well and talk about most of the time you get the answer nothing i'm fine you know whatever but hopefully hopefully not but um and you know, think about it. We, if we have resilience, and if we've learned resilience and and some self-regulation of our emotions, then grief passes. 
mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you'll never, you'll always have that loss, but but it it passes and you move forward. Many, if there if there are people that that have trouble, you know, regulating emotions or or with their resilience um, for whatever reason, it may be more difficult for them. But um, no, I think that's a it's a great point. Um, it it is definitely about that resilience and talk about, you know, building resilience. If if you've been doing it all along, then while devastating, uh, the kids will, I mean, they'll all bounce back, but, you know, right. they will be able to bounce back. So let's go then back in it's time. Interesting. Oh. It's interesting how kids, uh, adolescents, can have a, a tendency to be able to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Much more than we do when we're older, I think. I don't know. Oh, I. This uh, is why. There's got to be some study out there about that, but I don't know. Um, it's it seems like it any anyway to me. I'm convinced that this is why um, it's easier to teach a child to ski than an adult because an adult is aware of the perils. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, um, given that. Let's go back to, and we can talk about it next week as well, but we have a little bit more time. Let's go back to the middle school piece. And, you know, sure. this particular period of time reminds me of, you know, as you're talking about these disappointments that kids have, you know, your kids are getting into a social environment, an academic um, environment where there's going to be disappointments. They may not make the team or the select team. They may not you know, be able to play the instruments that they had hoped to, or they get the lead in the school production or those kinds of things. And so the, the thing that I think is so great that you're reminding listeners about is, you know, having a loss to an adult, it feels like it's these major traumas. Um, For a kid to keep it in perspective, this is a major loss. Right. And we forget Absolutely. that we minimize. Right. I mean, I mean, for a middle schooler that uh, that loses a friend at school for whatever reason, I mean, that can be crushing. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for us to brush that brush over that a little too easily, right? As oh, you know, you'll find other friends right you're young you know this is you know this is how it goes in life you know i mean those kind of comments are totally worthless i mean you're just doing more damage than good um there's a lot to talk about in this middle school thing and, and so we will carry it over but one thing that is so important that we have to think about is hormones okay oh yes because 11 12 whatever it is for for your child Whenever this starts raging, it is, you got to try to remember back when you were a kid and this, the hormones started, puberty started, holy Mm -hmm. crap. I mean, it was scary because it's like, what the hell is this? Right. Right. And, and you're trying to sort this out and at the same time maneuver, uh, the relationships at school and and stay on the good side of your parents and not 
mess up and and do good schoolwork and then here's these raging hormones i mean this is a incredibly incredible time of turmoil for a child and it's so important for us as parents to recognize that and and move forward allowing them some autonomy mm-hmm. You know, and, and and another part of this, another huge part of this, at the same time as their brain is starting to develop social justice, mm-hmm. I have an opinion. What I think does matter, I don't have to agree with my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of this is happening in the brain right then, right at this time. And you have the hormones and you got all these other things we talk about. I mean, these poor kids... Uh, uh, no wonder they are uh, stressed and anxious, and then they get bullied at school, and they've got to deal with that. I mean, it is, it is. Um, well, it's a volatile time. It's remarkable they can even make it through. I don't. Know. Right. I mean, it's. I I, I work with some um, preteens from time to time, and uh, it's extremely difficult. I do. I work with more teens. You mm-hmm. know high school age. And what I see there is the residual mm. uh, wreckage damage from those middle school years um, uh, because it they didn't get through it as, uh, yeah. as well as they could have. And that makes... we can talk about, we need to talk about that because there are things we have to do as parents, which make no sense to us because we got to switch and things have been going okay for these first 10 years. And, you know, the kids been believing us and, you know, we've got things. Right. They drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. They drank the Kool-Aid. There you go. And now they they don't like the Kool-Aid and, and we want to keep the Kool-Aid going. You know, it's, it's good for you. Keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. Um, And they're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. They're going to throw it back at us. And we need to be prepared for that and actually embrace it. Mm-hmm. That's the part we can talk about. We need to embrace that rather than fight against it. That's that's the key. We're right. out of time, aren't we? So, yeah. yeah, and so that's what we're going to talk about um, next week. That's where we're going to start from because I think sure. that uh, these preteens, uh, middle school age kids, they don't even recognize themselves. So... Yeah. Um, so yeah. next week, we're going to talk about that. And uh, yes. if you want to get in touch with Greg Kuiper, you can find him at KuiperCounseling.com. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram, Kuiper Counseling. And uh, Greg, final words? You know, awareness is so important for us as we try to sort out our lives. So just go out there and stay aware, everybody. That's See you right. next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, Corey. Bye. Bye.